The following program is an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Stations. Two minutes to go. Illinois 71, Michigan State 68. Out top is Io. Long, long three. Got another one. He got another one. Fighting Illini game day is on the air. The countdown to tip-off is underway with the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. Your first look and in-depth preview of today's contest here on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5, the flagship home for Fighting Illini basketball. Right corner, three block by Aaron Jordan. Picked up by Georgie Mishanishvili. Oh, what a play by Aaron Jordan. Williams to Georgie at the free throw line, drives, down the lane, and slams it in! With three, gonna have to shoot it with two, a long, long three! Oh, he got it! He got it! And that's gonna end the half, and listen to the roar! Now, from our Illini Game Day studios in Champaign, here's your host, Scott Beatty. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome into Fighting Illini Game Day, a Monday night edition. Illinois basketball on the road tonight against the Wisconsin Badgers. How you doing? I'm Scott Beatty again with Lauren Tate. The Illini looking to make it five in a row and back-to-back road victories. That would be quite a feat. And do something they haven't done in the last 14 tries. That's beat the Wisconsin Badgers. The Badgers beat the Illini on January 23rd at the State Farm Center, 72-60. Despite the Illini quieting a bit, Ethan Happ, clearly a Big Ten Player of the Year candidate. Welcome in, Mr. Tate. We find out today as the Illini go to Madison that Io DeSumo is a repeat Big Ten Freshman of the Week after his 15-point performance against Ohio State. That's quite an accomplishment. You know, Romeo Langford had that thing uh, wrapped up earlier, and now he hasn't played the same. And uh, I think that um, Smith, uh, uh, who's, all, who's from uh, Maryland, and Gradzikas, Gradzikas uh, have kind of... Uh, I don't want to say that they've stepped back, but they haven't been as consistent as Iowa. Iowa's been in double figures the last four games, all four Illinois wins, and I think he right now is shooting up the the, the ladder in terms of interest by the NBA because we saw a compiled list today that has him like 38th, which is just eight positions out of the first round. It's good and bad news for Illini fans because you want to see him on, on the State Farm Center Court as long as possible. The Illini, if they win tonight, would be their fifth win in a row, and they would do a five-game winning streak for the first time since February of 2013. And they would win in Madison. They've lost 14 in a row against the Badgers, but they would win in Madison for the first time since February 9th, 2010. We're talking about just over nine years ago. The Kohl Center has always been tough, and part of that has been Wisconsin has been had some elite teams, and Illinois has had some down years in that nine-year span, but it's just tough to go win in that environment. It really is. I think Indiana, Purdue, and Wisconsin are the toughest places to win. Wisconsin's averaged 17,140 this season. Uh, they they just pack it every game. They uh, they sell out and they're enthusiastic and they carry the team. Now they didn't carry it against Michigan State. No, they're coming off that loss to Michigan State. In fact, they lost back to back games to Michigan and Michigan State. That snapped a uh, six game winning streak for the Badgers. 
but still probably in the conversation for one of the top teams in the Big Ten. But the Illini here are in position, even with if they don't get the win tonight, they could pull out a 500 record in Big Ten play when you look at the rest of the Big Ten regular season schedule for them. They could, I'm telling you. I'm, they say, I'm saying they could. Too many things are happening right now in the league for me to know what's going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> it's really a crazy league. You know, Illinois has got to do one thing that they haven't been doing, and that's rebound. If they're last in the league in rebounding and rebound margin and offensive rebounds, and just think about this. No, there's, of the top 20 rebounders in the Big Ten, there's no Illini. There's no Illini over five rebounds a game. They don't have enough presence there, or they just don't make it part of their well, game. I don't think uh, number one. If you're if you're going to be playing Jordan at the number four, I mean he's just not a four, and George he's not a great leaper. I mean he he's not a great rebounder. I will tell you he's improving. Illinois last in blocks. He's getting a little better. I think when I use numbers that in, encompass the whole season, that doesn't tell you where Illinois is right now, and Illinois is doing better in those areas, but it's tough. Uh, at Wisconsin, it'll, it'll be tough. You got to get on the boards. We'll check in with Scott Ritchie in a moment. Who is in Madison, getting ready to cover the game? And there is at least one nationally known pundit who is saying, "Watch out for the Illini." We'll talk about that as well in a moment. Fighting Illini game day, Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. See the folks at Rudy Wealth Management for all your retirement planning and investment needs. Rudy Wealth Management voted number one in the People's Choice Awards. It's Fighting Illini Game Day. The Rudy Wealth Management pregame show continues on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Now with more, here's Scott Beatty. Glad to be with you for Fighting Illini Game Day. 7 o'clock the tip tonight, Illinois and the Wisconsin Badgers from Madison's Cole Center. The Illini trying to avenge the 12-point loss at the State Farm Center. Uh, more than a, or just about a month ago on January 23rd. Of course, the Illini look like a different team now. I check in up there with uh, Scott Ritchie, the beat writer for the News Gazette, covering the Illini has made the trek up north. Scott, I want to start with this. Andy Katz, who uh, is on the Big Ten Network, a nationally known writer and broadcaster, also writes for NCAA.com, put out his top 36 power ranking today for the NCAA and slotted the Illini at 28. Now, he cautioned that's not the same as seedings for, like, the NCAA tournament, so don't don't everybody uh, throw a party over that. But what what do you make of that kind of thought about the Illini right now on this four-game winning streak? Well, I mean, I think it's just that. You know, they've won, you know, four games in a row, and, you know, only, you know, at least right now in the Big Ten, uh, Iowa has the, the same type of winning streak, and, um, you know, one of those wins was, you know, against a, a top 10 Michigan State team. And you know, Illinois is maybe playing its best basketball of the season. I probably shouldn't even say maybe. I mean, they are playing their best basketball of the season. And you know, the fact that it's more of a power ranking than, you know, uh, you know a top top 25 like I vote in for the Associated Press, which is, you know, based, you know, some on recent you know, results, but also kind of a, a look at a season as a whole. I mean, it's, it's a different type of ranking, but I think Illinois fans probably have to feel pretty good that, the Illini are, you know, again, for the first time in a, a while, you know, drawing some national attention. If the Illini pull off the upset tonight, and I know that hasn't happened in Madison since 2010, but if they do, is it time to talk about a postseason spot in the NIT? I think 
even if Illinois loses to Wisconsin, that you know, the NIT is certainly you know more on the board now than it ever was at any other point this season. I mean, if you look at the rest of the schedule, uh, Penn State twice, Indiana, Northwestern also on there. Obviously, you know, at Purdue is going to be a tough one, but there are winnable games, certainly. You know, the rest of the regular season for Illinois, that will get them. I mean, you don't have to be 500 to get in the NIT, and Illinois' you know, late push is going to do them a lot of good, maybe if it comes to that. But I still think the closer you can get to that 500 mark, you know, the better. And there's some winnable games in the regular season. Then the Big Ten tournament, I think this year is as big a toss-up as any. Okay, now, Scott, you're the post defender here. How are you going to do it? Are you gonna double? Are you gonna double team Hap? You know he's averaging nearly five assists a game. Are you gonna I mean, that, go ahead? I mean that's a good question. That here at the, at the Cole Center they were you know, flashing some Big Ten leaders up on their, their video board and it had the, the assist leaders in the Big Ten and it was Cassius Winston, Xavier Simpson, and then Ethan Hap. Yeah. Um, I think the, probably the best bet you know is to double him and you know maybe kind of cross your fingers that. You know, Demetric Trice and Brad Davison, Brevin Pritzel, Nate Reavers, that they're, they're not maybe having a, a good shooting night. Um, well, so I if you look at the last game Illinois and Wisconsin played, you know, Hap didn't have a, a great game, um, at least scoring-wise. He only had nine points. But Nate Reavers, uh, Kill Iverson, you know, did some damage to Illinois. So it's a – I'm glad I don't have to make the decision, but I guess if I did, I, I would double Ethan Hap and – yeah, just kind of play it by ear from there. Well, just let me say, Trice is hitting 44.2%. Davidson's hitting 41.7%. So they're going to – they would hit about 4 out of 10 plus if you if you let them shoot, I mean, on a normal night. And, of course, the, no night is normal. Hmm. Not this year you especially. Know, you never know. They might hit 60%. They might hit 30%, 20%. Who knows? You never know. And I'm I'm with you. I think you you got to kind of gamble. I mean, which way, which way you want to go? I'm I'm not sure. I think you kind of mix it up, don't you? Yeah, I would say you'll probably see Illinois do a little bit of both, yeah. just to you know keep throwing a different look at Ethan Happ, and yeah, you still have to limit him a, as much as possible. Uh, and, and they did that obviously last month in Champaign. Uh, would have you know helped themselves if they would have made more than 12 of 22 free throws. I think, yeah. especially yeah. You know, when they lose by 12 and you miss 10 free throws, there's. Eight, 10 freebies you could have had, but stopping – maybe not stopping because that, that rarely happens. Slowing down Ethan Happ I, still has to be priority number one defensively. Does it seem to you like when they make their free throws at the beginning of the game that they make them all the way through, and when they miss them early, they miss them all the way through? It seems yeah, that I mean, way to me. Yeah, the last few weeks at least, and uh, there's been more of the, the not great free throw shooting nights for Illinois here in the last month, even though you know they've they picked up these wins, but – you know, they weren't terrific, obviously, uh, at Ohio State uh, at the free throw line. It didn't hurt them there. But the more of those you can make, I mean, it's the only unguarded shot you're ever going to get. And, I mean, it's 100% mental pretty much. And sometimes they just don't go in. Yeah, when it comes to me, my own brain is the toughest defender. So I can understand when you say it's unguarded. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Scott, appreciate you checking in. And uh, safe travels home, all right? We'll look for your uh, writing and coverage at newsgazette.com. All right, sounds good, guys. Thanks. All right, Scott Ritchie up there in Madison. The tip is tonight at 7 o'clock. 
about an hour and 16 and a half minutes from now. All right, Lauren and I have keys to the game when we come back. Coach's Corner on the way as well. Brian Barnhart talked with Orlando Antigua, making our way towards tip-off, Fighting Illini game day. It's Fighting Illini game day. The Rudy Wealth Management pregame show continues on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Here again, Scott Beatty. We didn't play very well offensively. We got good looks. Uh, we didn't shoot the ball particularly well. And, um, you know, they had some of their other guys. shows their their depth. Uh, I thought we did a good job on half, but I thought we did uh, a poor job on, on Reavers. We did a poor job on Iverson. Uh, those two guys hit, uh, you know, Iverson averages four a game and had 12. Uh, he wore us out on the boards, and then Reavers has turned into a, an all-league caliber player, and, and uh, we've got to do a better job on him. Wisconsin's good. You know, we're going to have to go in there in their environment and, and uh, play better than we did uh, in Columbus, and we're going to have to uh, play harder and, and, and smarter. So if we want to get out of there with a win. Brad Underwood talking about tonight's matchup after the loss to Wisconsin on January 23rd. At home, the Illini trying to steal one up on the road, a place they haven't won in since 2010. After the win at Ohio State, first true road win of the year, Georgie Bishanishvili said he likes winning on the road. It was actually a really great feeling. Their bench were, were talking uh, smack a little bit during the game, and when people start living, I let them know that people are living, so it was kind of funny. But uh, it's just a great feeling. You know, everybody loves that feeling. You know, other teams come at our place, and when they win, they feel great, and they do the same thing. So it's a great feeling. We're looking forward to getting another one now on the road tomorrow. Yeah, if you missed it, he said he let the Ohio State bench know that people were leaving. So that's, <laughs> that's good stuff right there. All right, uh, Mr. Tate, time for our keys to the game. They are brought to you by Loman Ray Insurance and Hickory Point Bank in Champaign. How do you stop the Badgers in a place you haven't done it in a long time? Well, it's a tough job. They're ranked 22 in the nation by the co- uh, by the coaches, 23rd in the nation by AP, 22nd. Uh, you've got to, you've got Illinois is last in allowing shooting percentage. Their defense is is last because they give up too many layups. 46 percent they're allowing for the season. That's terrible. You've got to force guys away from the basket and make them. Sh- if they make long shots, you're just going to lose the game. That's all there is to it. You just have to force them to make longer shots and hope that they don't have or just get on a hot streak like Iowa did at home. Wisconsin can be so surgical with their offense. Yeah, they are good very comfortable with seven seconds left on the shot clock. Oh yeah. Well, they do it intentionally sometimes. Yeah. So you have to play 30 seconds of defense for every possession. And by and large, the Illini did that pretty well against Wisconsin last time, but they didn't do enough offensively. Georgie's got to guard Hap without fouling. Yep. Good luck. But Hap got in foul trouble. I don't think Hap has the same night. I think he has a much better night tonight. you got to limit everybody else. All right, Mr. Tate, thanks much. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you tomorrow for Sports Talk. Coming up, Coach's Corner, Brian Barnhart has a conversation with assistant Orlando Antigua. Coach's Corner now here on Fighting Illini Game Day, Illinois and Wisconsin on tap tonight. Brian Barnhart has the conversation with assistant Orlando Antigua. It's Illinois basketball here tonight from the Cole Center in Madison, and we're joined on the Coach's Corner by assistant coach Orlando Antigua, who's scouting the Badgers. We did this uh, about a month ago, and uh, tell us what we've learned from that game to this game and how it can help us. 
Wow, it's been a month and uh, a lot has happened and a lot of growth has happened since that game. Um, you know, a, a game that we did a lot of good things in, uh, but we, uh, we defended Ethan Happ as about as well as we could. Um, forced a really solid uh, Badger team into 17 turnovers, did a great job on the glass, but uh, gave back a lot of opportunities in terms of missed, uh, missed layups and uh, um, they were able to capitalize, which is what they do. They um, they were such a solid, consistent team, and um, the way they hurt you is they capitalize on your mistakes. And that game, I thought we we did some things that were uncharacteristic of us, and things that we since that game we've have we have gotten a lot better at. As you know, with them, it's a possession game, and I guess you can probably feel it on the bench when you, you get a layup and you miss it, or you have an opportunity to score and you throw it away. It's just like, oh man, because there's you know the possessions just aren't going to be there. Yeah, and, and and that's that's been their mo and, and their style of play, and and one of the things that we have to um, that we talked about in the first game, and that we have to be worried about again in this game, is how they de- they determine the pace of place, the pace of play, um, by coming down slowly, methodically. And then you get into that rhythm of the game with them, which is what they want, how they want to play, not to the pace that we want to play with yeah. our pressure, being into them, trying to make them uncomfortable, making them uh, break away from the things that they've been practicing and those kind of things. And I would think if you get extra opportunities, get turnovers, if you can cash them in, that helps your case, right? It does, it does. And, and you, we got to try to we got to try to fabricate easy baskets um, off of turnovers, off of our defense, off of offensive rebounding. Though we did a great job the first game getting off 14 offensive rebounds. We need to do. We need to have that same kind of performance on the on the offensive glass, and and on the defensive glass, and then um, turn some of those turnovers into points on the other end. Trying to remember the turnovers that we forced them into. Were a lot of them forced? Were there some unforced ones? What do you remember? About they were both. They were both. I mean, yeah. we forced them into 17 turnovers, and, mm-hmm. and they're a team that averages uh, nine a game. Mm-hmm. So you know, to get those extra eight possessions, we, we needed to capitalize on that. And ironically, so we, we wind up missing. Uh, 16 layups so you know um you, you get those possessions you make half of those layups and you're talking about a different outcome and and uh but that was then and we have this opportunity now to try to um on the road um against a team that's going to challenge our discipline and our principles uh and, and it's another way of seeing how far we continue to grow from, from last month to now. Well, you're right, because in the last month, I think if, if there's anything we've really grown in, it's defensively, mm-hmm. not giving up so many easy baskets. Um, Doug was talking during the broadcast the other night about it was almost like we were guarding a man and a half. It was like we were mm-hmm. filling in gaps so well. Well, yeah, and, that, and that's part of our defensive and our defensive philosophy is to be there. And, and one of the hardest things for young players to understand is that you have to be – um, how to shrink the court in the way we play and how to be uh, alert of where the ball is at and where your man is at and to be able to be in position to help. So that man and a half that Doug talked about, it's uh, it's an accurate saying. Yeah, That's a lot to remember. It's a lot to remember, which is why it takes a, lot, it takes a little bit of time, which yeah. is why, you know, our, our freshmen and uh, our newcomers now are seasoned and more experienced. And I think the game is starting to slow down for them a little bit because of the consistency of what we ask for them, and they understand now. Um, and now you're, just, you're starting to see some of the results. All right, we'll take a break. Back to Madison after this with Orlando Antigua on the Coach's Corner. Back here with Orlando Antigua on our pregame show, Illinois at the Cole Center against the Wisconsin Badgers. 
we did a good job on Ethan Happ, frustrated him about as well as you can. Uh, but it was Reavers, I think, was one of the guys. There were several guys, but Reavers was the big guy that night, 22 points. Yeah, Reavers, Reavers was able to capitalize on some, uh, um, on some breakdowns and on defensive uh, um, schemes and, and make some open shots. Um, I thought Iverson, uh, which is what he's done, he always ha- he's always played well against us for whatever reason, got, some, got a lot of easy baskets. He's always around the basket, offensive rebounds, putbacks, finishes. So I thought he did a good job. And then, then Trice and Davison also had solid games against us. So I, I've challenged our guys about um, meeting those challenges and trying to have the same kind of intensity to, to, to limit Hap as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that he's a you know all American, really, it's going to be really tough to have that same kind of performance that we did the first game, um, but also not allowing any of those other guys to get off. Mm-hmm. Well, and then uh, you know as, as you play this game with them, uh, the turnovers that we talked about, uh, they usually don't turn it over. They're usually at home. They're pretty comfortable most of the time. Right? Most of the time, they're really comfortable. The guys that they're, they're pretty consistent. Um, the top three, four, five guys are pretty consistent both road on road and home. You know, I look at those stats. Uh, the guys that tend to play better at home are those uh, auxiliary guys, the sixth, seventh guy, you know, Pritzel and King and and uh, Aleem Ford. Those guys are two and three points better. Their shooting percentages are, you know, five to ten points uh, difference between the road and home. And so some of those some of those shots that they might have had uh, at State Farm that didn't fall may fall if we're not in our defensive assignments. And I would think part of the, the thing, the key defensively, is uh, you have to keep your mental focus for the full 30 seconds because they're about as good as anybody, I think, of scoring in the last five or six seconds of the clock. Well, they're used to playing in that way um, in, in terms of controlling the pace. They, they want to score in the last, you know, seven seconds of the shot clock, grinding you down. They'll take easy shots when they're, out, when they're there. Um, they're not looking to run a whole lot in transition, and, but they're going to try to wear you down and, and, and get to you where you're breaking down in your defensive assignments so that they can get easier baskets. Um, and when they really hurt you at is when you over-penetrate, they'll penetrate, jump stop, and find open guys in the corners for threes. So we, we've got to make sure that, that uh, you know, we're alert and we're, we're closing, closing out hard, uh, not allowing middle penetration and, and running them off the three-point line. So what's the key stat for you tonight as you look at it? One of the things I'm going to be looking at um, is number of threes made. I think uh, the number for us, the gauge, is right around seven. Uh, if you keep them under seven-ish, you have a higher probability of trying to win the game. Um, you know, making them finish, taking tough contested twos, not getting too crazy when they do make a few of those because they will make some. But just over the course of the game, um, keeping track of that that number of threes made. I really like where we are mentally. I mean, the guys are. I mean, they they kept their heads up when things were tough, and and you can you can just feel a lot of momentum. Yeah, 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 and, and that's what's exciting when, when it's like the um, it's things are just falling into place and everybody's knowing their role, mm-hmm. knowing how they can impact our winning for us and excelling in their roles. And so um, it's exciting to see that. It's exciting to see when a young team puts it all together, having been challenged as much as they've been challenged early and often, and uh, those things that challenge them now have allowed them to grow. And, and what we're seeing is some of that flourishing. We still got a lot to go, though. Mm-hmm. Still a lot, lot of room to grow and, and uh, want to continue to to continue to keep showing that growth. All right. Hey, Orlando, thank you. Thanks, B. All right. That is Orlando Antigua, and this has been the Coach's Corner.
Illinois and Wisconsin tonight, the only Big Ten game. I'm Scott Beatty. Join me and Tim Dittman afterwards, along with Evan Kahn for the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. We'll bring it for you right here. Newstalk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana, and Late Rock 97.5, WHMS Champaign-Urbana. News Gazette media stations. More coverage now from Madison.